All right, welcome to a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. Coming up on the show today, I'm going to talk to you for just a couple of minutes. William Garcia, the Lacrosse County Democratic Party chair, as President Joe Biden visited Milwaukee this week, and the, all the Republican candidates, well, most of the Republican candidates for president, I'm guessing. Maybe one of them won't show up. There's a debate in Milwaukee next week, Wednesday. So just want to talk to him about that for a little bit. And then after that, Lindsay Langer, she is with the JCI Lacrosse or the Junior Chamber International Lacrosse, or as I think everybody knows it around here is the JCs. And we're going to talk about a dilemma that they're having and to see if we can't get somebody who's listening to reach out to her and uh, help them. They need they need some help. Uh, before we get to that, I, a couple of things locally. Uh, well, locally and one of them for me. Uh, the pools close on Sunday. The pools close on Sunday as soon as soon at the same time that the National Weather Service here in La Crosse says that it's uh, it's nice now, right? Like it's well, it's not pool re- weather, right? Right now, but it's uh, next week. It's it's going to be really awful out or awesome if you wanted to go swimming. Um, but next week it's it's on Saturday. So on Saturday and Sunday, the, the, I, I think the pools will still be open on Sunday. If they close on Sunday, that means you can swim yet Sunday, right? I'm not quite sure, but. Uh, Saturday, 90 degrees, Sunday, 90 degrees, Monday, 90 degrees, Tuesday, 90 degrees. Will the pools remain open is the question, uh, as we go into next week, this week, they could have been closed. I think next week you kind of want them open. So, uh, do they have lifeguards? Could they find some lifeguards? Uh, it's kind of important thing to having the pools open. So I just thought that was interesting. Uh, another thing, uh, that, that was really interesting at wisdomnews.com. Uh, Brad Williams covers these meetings. Uh, the lacrosse center board. He's the only reporter that covers the lacrosse center board meetings. And then every once in a while you get kind of a gem out of these meetings. And I want to try to talk about this a little bit more. I am in with Hayes tomorrow. So hopefully I can talk about this a little bit more with Laura Godden, um, an archivist at UW lacrosse, but the center board is considering putting a big mural on the side of the lacrosse center. And what would the mural be? The War Eagle. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about the War Eagle. I think maybe some of you from lacrosse know a ton about this, but uh, I'm a history minor, but not a lacrosse history minor. So uh, I hope Laura could come on with me tomorrow morning and and maybe give us a history lesson into this. But the War Eagle sunken riverboat, I guess it is still sunken in the Black River. I think Brad told me it was in the Black River. The story didn't say. Um, but uh, the, the lacrosse center board's considering putting a mural of the War Eagle on the lacrosse center. And I'm thinking like that's cool and also is that the thing that we want to put up because it, when when it's proposed and that's the thing okay well we'll think about it and they're going to consider it and I think maybe at next month's meeting they'll decide whether or not they want to do it but should the public have some input into this uh should the public um decide what the mural would look like it's not going to be a painting it's going to be digital artwork so I feel like you know we could see what it would look like before it went up and should the public decide whether the the War Eagle digital mural goes on the side of the building? Also, there's a couple other things. Like, could we put something else up on the side of the Lacrosse Center that would better represent Lacrosse or be a cooler mural than a War Eagle? Should we should we have some public meetings about maybe uh, other ideas? Should we just? I mean, is, is there any other ideas that people could float out there? Float? Oh, no pun intended there. Um, but yeah, could, could people give some other ideas about what to put on the side 
of the lacrosse center, a huge building, right? This would be a huge mural. I think it's kind of a cool idea. I don't, you know, like before you even see, I mean, we could, oh, I don't even want to bring it up, but we could put a mural of the Hatch Baby on the side of the lacrosse center. And I do have some Hatch Baby news, the big blue baby that used to sit out the uh, the city hall. I do have some news at some point uh, about Hatch Baby. I just, I, I'm not ready to divulge the information yet, but uh, yeah, what about a Hatch Baby mural on the side of the Lacrosse Center or something else? I mean, what's more lacrosse than a, the the giant blue baby coming out of an egg? Um, but uh, there, the other aspect of this, instead of a, a you know just digital artwork that I think that we would have to pay for as a city or a, a parks board or an arts board or or the Lacrosse Center board, however it gets paid for, um, what if we sold? side of the building what if we sold a mural to a company we see this all the time any sports team right fiserv forum fiserv bought the naming rights um i'm trying to think what's uh target field at, at the, the twin stadium am fam field american family field the miller milwaukee brewer stadium could the city recoup some money for the 42 million dollar expansion by you know this is an idea we floated when mayor mitch reynolds was the host of this show and i was the sidekick uh, we floated the idea of, well, first of all, we floated the idea of having host uh, Lacrosse Talk PM, Mitch Reynolds, and Rick Solem faces on the side of the, although we could put that on the side of our building. I think we could take the mural that we have down. Dick Record, are you listening? Let's get that mural down, repaint over it, maybe put a maybe put a painting of my face on the side of our building. But, uh, but could we sell the naming rights of the Lacrosse Center and, uh, you know, put, the, the lacrosse center sponsored by the easiest one to do is just quick trip, right? Like quick trip, everything, uh, maybe put a big hot spot painting on the side of, uh, the lacrosse, center. <laughs> some hot dogs in there, slices of pizza. What could be more lacrosse than the hot spot? Right. I don't know. I think I'm onto something. We sell the naming rights uh, to the lacrosse center. We sell the walls out and people put their advertisements on the side of the, building and the city recoups some of that 42 million dollars now the big question is how much is the side of the building a big mural worth to somebody to advertise that's the big question i don't know if i have an answer for that but i think i'm on to something here if we sold the naming rights um could the war mural be sponsored by somebody maybe we could do it that way like maybe maybe quick trip or some other lacrosse company or or some other entity uh, pitches in to sponsor the war mural that would go on the side, the war eagle mural that would go on the side of the building. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's, you know, and that's why the lacrosse center board put this off for a month. They wanted to get my opinion on it. They wanted to hear what I was going to say here on the show. And uh, now they have a month to to sit on it and think, yeah, that's a good idea, Rick. Uh, a, a, I don't know about a mural of a hot spot. Maybe just the cheese dispensing machine that never dispenses cheese when you want it at Quick Trip. Maybe just that, that a mural of that. Blue Baby, I think, also a very good idea. Um, yeah, so anyway, obviously I'm, I'm joking a little bit, but I think maybe, uh, I think maybe we could sell out. Should the, should the city sell out a little bit with the Lacrosse Center? Sell out just a little bit? Coming up here in a minute, William Garcia, Lacrosse County and CD3 Democratic Party Chair. And then after that, Lindsey Langor with the JCs. JCs need your help. So stay tuned for that conversation as well. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. In the studio here with me for a couple minutes is Lacrosse County and CD3, yep. U.S. House District uh, 3. 
Democratic Party Chair William Garcia. Hi, everybody. <laughs> thanks for thanks for popping in here. Um, okay, so I just want to talk about a couple things. Uh, just these are national things, really, but they're local too because yeah, they're all, yeah, they all connect. Even though they're on the other side of the state. First off, uh, Joe Biden, the president. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, he's he was in Milwaukee a couple days ago. A couple days ago, or yes. Day. It's a couple days ago. Yeah, he, uh, touting the one-year anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act, um, which has already shown significant benefits to the American economy and especially to the Wisconsin economy. He was at a factory that who has basically had to double production because of the kind of incentives that they're receiving from the Inflation Reduction Act. And um, – Another company, Siemens, actually announced that they're going to be building a factory in Kenosha because of the incentives found in the Inflation Reduction Act. So lots of great stuff happening there. In addition to that, in uh, in a couple of days is going to be the first Republican presidential primary. And so Biden wanted to kind of come to Wisconsin before that. Preempt that a little preempt bit. Preempt that yeah. a little bit. And, uh, and then we've got that debate coming up in a little bit and listen for the podcast because we will definitely be reviewing the yeah. presidential the republican debate uh, on the podcast a little later on yeah the podcast comes out on monday's democratic voice podcast and i think we're going to talk about foxconn on the yep. upcoming podcast on monday um so we'll save that we don't need to talk about that today but um okay well let's so by are we gonna wisconsin are we gonna just see like candidates over and over and over for the next yes. you know how many months i mean for, it's kind of a ridiculous yeah. amount so of- we're gonna see we're gonna see biden a lot and the reason we're going to see Biden a lot is because uh, there really isn't a uh, primary challenge for Biden. And so he is already focused on the general election. I mean, OK, so this, wait a minute. So some people complain because the, the Kennedy guy is running and the Marianne Williamson right. woman is running against Biden in the Democratic Party. Some people complain that they're not getting a fair share shake. Right. But the way the but they're it, not serious candidates all through history. When the president is the incumbent, does somebody does does the. Almost the, never. The Democratic Party right. doesn't even run it. Doesn't even run, run it, right? Correct. That's not abnormal. No, it's so. it is absolutely normal. Yeah. Um, and it is it is it is also normal for a few like super fringe candidates to run against an incumbent, but no one who actually has any hope of winning. And so that's all. the The two people running are just hoping to kind of have their name, yeah. you know, out. But they are not serious candidates, and no one is treating them like they're serious candidates. All right. And then um, let's go to the debate that's going to happen in Milwaukee on Wednesday next week. So there's eight. I think there's about eight candidates. But Trump Trump might not even Trump might not even show up. Right Uh, there. There is the the Republican National Committee has has declared a thing called a um, loyalty pledge. Yeah. Basically saying I promise to vote for the eventual winner, uh, whoever that might be. Um, And um, uh, Trump says he doesn't want to sign that. But what does that mean? Like I promise, so, so one vote is going to go to whoever wins that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so in other words, let's say Chris Christie has been coming out very hard against Trump. Yeah. Chris Christie, in order to be part of this debate, has to sign a waiver that says, "I promise to vote and not to campaign against the eventual winner, the winner even if it's primary. Trump." Oh, the winner of the primary. Well, that seems pretty normal. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's so normal that no one has actually ever had to promise to do it before in writing. Oh, really? Yeah, because like it's so normal that it was just assumed that you would never do that. But in Trump world, we can't make those kind of assumptions. Oh, and that's so super weird. Um, but okay, but so it's also worry- uh, it would also include things like not running as a third party, which I absolutely think Trump is trying to keep in his back pocket 
as a possible option. If he didn't win the primary. If he doesn't win the primary. Okay, but what else is interesting about Wisconsin in terms of this debate? A, we don't, Trump's not going to debate, is he? I don't think so. Like, I mean, I could be wrong. He could change his mind. He loved, He is excellent at kind of building drama. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he might be just saying he's not going to so that he can have a triumphant entrance like the day of. Okay, but That's possible. In, in being that this is in Wisconsin and Milwaukee, people might not know this, but Trump probably should debate, especially in Wisconsin, because yep. he's not even the leading Republican yeah. presidential yeah, candidate. Yeah, I mean, here. it's close. It's yeah. close. But basically, uh, Donald Trump and Rhonda, and this is unlike a lot of other places. But in Wisconsin, according to the most recent Marquette Law School poll, um, Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis are neck and neck. Um, it's, it's basically 30% each um, in terms of what they're getting. And so in, with Ron DeSantis having a slight, like, like a insti- an insignificant, statistically insignificant, like, Lead, yeah, Lead. I get it. But but it's basically it's thirty to thirty. But if you go to any other state, DeSantis is getting crushed. Is getting crushed, Trump. right? And so Trump Trump should be focused a little more on Wisconsin. Probably should participate. But again, he doesn't want to sign that waiver. He's so far ahead in other places. I don't think he's worried about it. Yeah. Um, all of the other challengers are so far down the list. Like they're like they're all single digits. Yeah. Uh, the next place is Mike Pence with six percent in Wisconsin. So, in Wisconsin, yeah. And so it is, it really is. Man, that's this, really funny. Mike Pence is third in this. And we're talking yeah. about the Marquette University Law School poll. Right, that comes right, out. right. I mean, is, is the Marquette University Law School poll used nationwide or yeah. is that kind of. A, it's the nation. It's what the nation uses for Wisconsin. If, if that makes sense. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mike Pence is third. First of all, does that even. Oh, being, and, and lo, I need to, I need to back up. I had it flipped. It's Donald Trump is actually in the lead. I had it flipped. Oh, okay. But by, uh, with, percentage with, by, a, by a, a percentage point. Right. So statistically insignificant. But still, he is tied here. He is not tied to many other states. He really should be participating in this debate because he, he needs to win Wisconsin. But we've been talking about like Biden is already focused on the general. The Republicans can't focus on the general. They've got to be spending their time in Iowa They've got to be spending their time in New Hampshire because they actually have to win these primary races. Yeah. And they can't focus on the prime. Now, as soon as the Republican primary is over, we will be seeing the Biden and whomever the Democrats pick over. uh, I mean, the Republicans pick over and over and over again. Yeah. As the um, uh, in Wisconsin, because Wisconsin is the state that that both sides have to win in order to win. This is the, the state that's going to decide, hey. This Trump. this person's president. Trump or no Trump in the debate next Wednesday? What what are, do you have any expectations of of how that's going to go? If it's going to be productive, it's going to be very. It's going to not be productive at all because what it's actually going to turn into, and it's going to be especially weird without Trump there. But it's going to turn into an hour and a half long indictment of Trump and a defense of Trump, and so there are going to be a whole group of candidates that are really hoping to be Trump's vice president. Or if Trump does find himself like actually in jail for crimes, um, that maybe they can emerge as the as the best alternative to Trump. Yeah, Um, because I I find it weird that nobody is going except Chris Christie. Well, and Chris Christie and Asa Hutchinson are the two people that are going to be basically making the case that, you know, Trump is bad for the country and is bad for the Republican Party. And then all of these other candidates are going to be there defending Trump. 
which is bizarre because if you're defending Trump on a debate stage for why you should be president, why on earth are you running for president? Well, this is the theory is that they're they're thinking that Trump won't be able to run for president and therefore they'll just slide into that Trump spot. Right. Slide into VP first off. But yes, if if something happens like actual jail time, that they might be able to slide in and say, I am the person that Trump has appointed to be president next. All right. Okay, last last thing before I let you go. We have one candidate in the third CD. Two. Who's the other one? I, get, I missed this. Yep, his name is Aaron Knights. Oh, Knights. Yeah, I, d- I did see that in the notes. I didn't know what that meant. Okay, yep. so we, I didn't know that. He so. is a law student at Harvard. Oh, and- that's right. I did know yep. this. Yep, I have that. I actually have I have some notes about that. Okay, so two candidates. How many do you, you can take a guess? How many people do you think are going to run as Democrats against Eric Van Orden? I think, it, I think it's going to turn out to be, it's going to be either three or four. And I don't know if it's going to be three or four, but it's going to be one of those two numbers, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like Deb McGrath going to throw her name back into the, into the Well, I'm, I'm waiting on people to announce names? on their own. I, yeah. I, I don't get to announce for other people whether they're running or not. But I know a lot of people have made up their mind one way or the other and that we'll be hearing from that in the next couple, a couple of, of weeks. A couple of weeks ago, the Milwaukee Journal had an uh, article with a, a bunch of names that yep. we hadn't heard before. But then, you know, like there's obviously PATH and Deb McGrath and, uh, you know, well, that was it that run last time, along with Rebecca Cook already running. So it is kind of interesting to see. I, I was just guessing just based on nothing. I was like, man, we might get eight, nine candidates based on no, like. It, it's it, from you now. I mean, things things can change. People can decide to run. But from everything I'm hearing, it's going to be either three or four. OK, well, that's interesting because I, I feel like that is based on some incidences that happened and what happened in the election that the national party didn't invest in. And it, then it ends up being closer than anyone anticipated that like, wow, this is, and it's Wisconsin's one of Wisconsin's oh, only two. I, I think one of the reasons that we have so many people interested in the seat is because of Van Orden's vulnerability, right? He is highly vulnerable um, for many reasons. And um, I think a lot of uh, Democrats are looking at that and saying, yes, we can actually have better. We can we can definitely have better representation in Congress from the third CD better than Derek Van Orden. Well, on top of everything else, we might even have new. No, we won't have new congressional district lines. Probably not new congressional district yeah, lines right. because the congressional district map is not part of the lawsuit that's going up toward the uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court right now. Only state Senate and assembly seats are a part of that lawsuit. Yeah, that one's interesting because if the lawsuit goes through and those lines get redrawn, the entire Senate is up for you is know. up. Yep. But but regardless, uh, the Senate, the Senate seat here in District 32, this our Senate seat here, Wisconsin State Senate. That one's up for that was definitely like obviously Brad Paff holds that seat and we'll see how many people or who runs runs for that. Um, all right. That's William Garcia, the Lacrosse County and third CD Democratic Party chair. Thanks, William. Have a great day, everybody. All right. We got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the JCs in Lacrosse. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. On the phone with me now is Lindsay Langer. She is part of the JC, she is part of JCI Lacrosse. She's been a member there for nearly a decade. I think uh, you'll have your ten year anniversary at some point in the next year. Um, and if you don't know what JCI Lacrosse is, I've learned I'm, I'm learning here a little bit. It's Junior Chamber International. And if you don't know what that is, it's the JCs people. I, mean, I think a lot of people in the area know what the JCs is. Uh, but but uh, we have a dilemma with the JCs, and I brought Lindsay on to talk about that. But first, before we get into that, because uh, you guys run the Toys for Tots 
program in the city of La Crosse or in La Crosse County. So that's the dilemma that we'll get to. But first of all, hi, Lindsay. Thanks for joining me. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And okay. So Junior Chamber International Lacrosse, that's, that's the group. And can you, can you just explain what that is and what you guys do and maybe what generally, and maybe that's what they generally do all, all over the place, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. We are actually a national organization of um, people. Well, lacrosse actually upped our age range, but generally it's uh, 18 to 40 year old um, individuals that get involved. And it's basically a group for based around community service. So giving people giving back to the community and helping to mold young leaders. Um, so that's basically what what our mission is and what we strive to do in the community. So what we do specifically in this community of ours is we do run the Toys for Tots program for La Crosse County. Um, we're actually the only one in La Crosse County that has a Toys for Tots program. So it's pretty vital that we run it, which is we have lots and lots of kids that sign up for it. Um, we also run... Um, the beer tent at Riverfest. We run the apparel booth at Oktoberfest. Uh, we've done a lot of other things as far as things that we used to do in the past. We aren't so much. We also run the tool shed for Neighbors Day. Um, let me see. What else do we do? We deliver Chris, uh, Christmas baskets, Easter, and Thanksgiving dinners for those three meals. We deliver those to people in the community. Uh, we help Woofie with their Easter egg hunt for dogs right before Easter. Uh, we kind of have our hands in a lot of things around the community. If anyone has a need, they reach out to us, and we usually try to jump on board. You have your hands and your paws, your paws in there, too. Well. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, okay. So, but uh, also with that, it, and you run the Toys for Toss program, can you, what is Toys? I, I understand that in the, in the, during the, you know, probably coming up here pretty soon, we're going to put a giant box in our entryway here at the Midwest Family. And that will eventually just be full of toys that I walk by and I go, is that a Star Wars Lego set? I would really like one of those. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, it's labeled Toys for Tots. And But but can you explain? I understand that these toys are for kids and eventually they go. But, but like, where do they go? Where, where What kids get these? How does this Toys for Tots work? Oh, perfect. So the Toys for Tots program, we it is open to children ages 12 and under. Um, in the La Crosse County area. Uh, so basically anyone can apply therefore, or can sign up for it. There's no income requirements or any proof of anything like that. Um, just we only cap it at 12 because we don't do anything electronic. And it seems electronics has kind of taken over the world once you hit 13. <laughs> so, oh, I get you, yeah. Um, so we do 12 and under. Um, you get a certain amount per child in a bag. So if you have seven kids, you could get toys for seven kids. Um, you just have to sign them up and you come pick them up at our hall. We put them in black garbage bags so you can take them with you um, without or be discreet about it. So in case you have to bring your kids to come pick them up, they won't see what's going on in there. Um, just anybody that needs an extra hand up that time of year. Um, I know a lot of people have, have a rough time around the holidays and especially since COVID, I think that knocked everybody on their face. And I think in a lot of ways, we're all still kind of rebuilding from that. So ever since then, we've had our numbers be a little higher. Um, employment is, you know, can be kind of shaky for people at times. So anybody who finds themselves in any kind of situation where they just need an extra helping hand to make their holidays a little bit brighter. And uh, it's just uh, going on our website and signing up, just putting a little bit of information, uh, like the child's age, um, that kind of thing, their gender. And then... Uh, 
their top three choices of like genres of toys. So we know what to shop for them for. And then we rely on donations. So we have usually about a hundred barrels that go out in the community at different businesses that people donate to. We have a toy drive at the lacrosse center every year. I think this year we're looking into doing a little bit of a virtual toy drive as well, connecting us with Amazon, which would be super great. Um, for people that just want to either donate that way, so you don't have to actually go into a store or go out to the toy drive, that kind of thing. So we really explore all the options and make sure we can help the maximum amount of kids possible. I, I love that you, if somebody has to come pick up the toys and they have to bring their kids, so to be discreet, you put it in a black garbage bag. And I feel like as a kid, I'd be like, Mom, what is in the black garbage bag? This is really weird. You've never done this before. <laughs> just- <laughs> That's could definitely happen, yes. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Junior. Mind your business. You'll find out on December 25th. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, right. And you're right. There's, there's there's barrels that go through the community. Now, now you're jogging my memory. I'm like, yeah, that's right. There's a big barrel in the entryway here at the Midwest family that I remember I was being jealous. And then I have to throw like, I, you know what? I might have some Legos that I'll throw into that barrel. Uh, some like unboxed Legos because I'm kind of a nerd like that. <laughs> and I'll be like, you know what? I don't need 20 boxes of, of Lego sets that I'm literally never going to open. Um, people are ripping on me now uh, at home. Uh, but Lindsay Langer is a, a member of the JCI Lacrosse, Junior Chamber International Lacrosse, or the JCs. And when we talk about Toys for Tots and all the great stuff that she just explained that they do for kids around Christmas, you guys are you're in a bit of a dilemma. You're not going to have a building anymore. You're not going to be able to place all these toys that are donated. You won't have a placeholder for them anymore, huh? Oh, exactly. And it's a very scary thought for us to process. Um, the building that we are currently in, we are renting a, a wing of it. And the current owners have sold it to move to a smaller establishment or a smaller building. Um, which obviously we don't blame them at all, and they're giving us plenty of notice. But come the springtime, we are not going to have any place to go. And the problem is we need a large area that's preferably temperature-controlled because some of the toys, like Play-Doh and markers and things like that, if they get super hot, you know, they could get musty or moldy or evaporate or whatever, that kind of stuff. Dry out, yep. Um, And we're also a nonprofit, so everything, all the money that we raise through all of our fundraising and volunteer efforts in the community, it all goes into the Toys for Tots program. So we do not have a very large budget to pay for rent. So we do pay rent, obviously, but we just can't afford a whole lot of rent. And that is where the biggest issue for us lies. I don't think people understand the scope of the amount of, do you have stats? Like when you talk about, we give to this many families or this many kids, or we bring in this many toys. Do you do you know that I'm throwing these, you know, hey, th- rattle some stats off me. Maybe you have them off the top of your head, but if you don't have them, I understand. But do you, do you have any stats on on the amount of items or families you help over, over the past X amount of years? I don't know how long you've been running Toys for Tots. Oh, sure. Well, we've done it the whole nine years that I've been in the org- organization. Yeah. Um, I don't remember a whole lot of numbers from previous years, but I do know that 2020, this is a program when COVID hit, we still managed to pull off the Toys for Tots program. Even social distancing, we managed somehow. Um, It was very difficult and it took a lot of man hours, but we definitely, we pulled it off and there were over 1,400 kids that were signed up to receive toys. It was over 800 families that were signed up because they got hit so hard. It's impacted so hard financially, just struggling and 
we were so happy to see numbers that high. We were not happy that that many people were suffering, but we were so happy to be able to supply for that many children in need because anything we can do to help them smile is worth it to us. So last year, I believe we helped, I want to say it was roughly a thousand kids, and I think it was just over 600 families. Oh, wow. And the great thing about it is, is that the numbers, they fluctuate from year to year. So sometimes we have more kids, sometimes we have less. But we've also had several families come back and volunteer for us in the in the future. Like after they've been on the receiving end of it, yeah. they get a hold of us when they're financially on their feet and able to, you know, do for others. And they come back and return the favor and they bring their kids and they help hand stuff out. And it's just the most touching experience. Well, you and you said I'm just going to make a joke here. You said uh, how many man hours you put in. You can say woman hours. Lindsay, if you want, it's fine. <laughs> I think <get> woman hours. Okay. <laughs> well, there's both of us. Right. Oh, woman yeah. Hours. I, just, I just like to make that joke. Um, all right. So, uh, so obviously the, the scope of this, because you talk about how many families you're helping here, that means that many, I, I don't know. Is it one toy per kid or what? Oh, no. It's, I think we've upped it over the last few years. The more money that we receive, the more we turn around and can give back. So it's roughly $75 per child. Do you try to get rid of, okay, we got a billion, no, I don't know. Uh, we got 700 toys donated this year, and therefore we're going to flip those toys. We're going to give away all the toys so that the room is empty, or do you save some for the next year because you just had so many donations? We would prefer not to save them, so we give out as much as we can. Every once in a while we have a little bit of a surplus from the year pre- previous, mm-hmm. um, but we're also very, very for- fortunate because, at the end of the Toys for Tots season, like the week, we usually give our stuff out the second week in December. Yep. Um, so then people have time to wrap and do what they need to do. And then we have time with our families as well around the holiday season. So we are on the receiving end of the season of giving that Festival Foods Castle Realty Channel 19 do. And they have a toy drive and a monetary and a toy drive every year, like the week before Christmas. So that's after we give out all of our toys and they bring us a boatload of donations from that as well. So we just put that in the hall, which is what we need it for. So we can turn around and give those toys away in the next year. All right. So what we're what we're looking for here with Lindsay Langer from the Junior Chamber International Lacrosse or the JCs or the JCI Lacrosse is somebody to come forward with. And it looks like twenty two hundred square feet would be perfect for you guys if anybody has. What, a, just a giant temperature-controlled space that they could rent right. out to you guys on the cheap yeah. so you could store a bunch of toys? Absolutely. That is what we need. And we have meetings once once to twice a month, but we could do those anywhere in the community. Like, it doesn't need an office space, anything like that. Anything that's wide open, we have all of our own shelving stuff. Like, we really just need a roof with some walls and a temperature gauge. That's really all we need. I mean, ideally, it would be on the first floor or have elevator access um, just because we have a lot of things that we're hauling up and down the stairs. Um, but if it's first floor or has elevator access, we wouldn't complain whatsoever. All right. So two things we need. We need somebody to come forward. That's got a giant space, about 2,200 square feet, temperature controlled, hopefully on the first floor, because who wants to haul a bunch of toys up and down all those stairs or even, even loading them into the elevator. Isn't that great? And the other thing is, you know what? You could just start by putting toys in that room too, because the toys for tots, that's going to start up here pretty quick. Is it not? Absolutely. It's coming up really fast. When, when do we start to, uh, to start to think about that? 
Well, you, the end of October is when it really starts kicking. So usually it's the last week of October that the barrels go out in the community, and then we pick them up the last or the first week of de- December. All right. So, so it, it, it's nice that you do that too because you don't. Uh, you know, it's kind of like when the stores put Christmas stuff out before Halloween is over. So at least you're doing that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So the Toys for Tots program waits for Halloween to be over before we start thinking about Christmas. But we got to think ahead because then there, you only have a you know you know about a, a month and two weeks to to get those donations uh, and then and also get this family. Families can sign up right now, though, right? Not yet. The, Not yet. Uh, the we we tweak the form every year, so we add. We add and subtract different toy options that we have um, based on our supply. Oh, that makes sense. So we just go through it after we get some donations. We start getting the donations in. I believe it's the first week of November. Yeah. I think it's the month of November that we have the sign up live that people can sign up for the program. Yeah, that makes sense because you you don't know what you have until you have it. So, um, all right. So, and and what, how can people you know, a help. How can people get a hold of you if they if, if they have you know? Hey, you know what? You I might know somebody, or I might have this space that you need. Sure. Well, we have a Facebook page. We have a website, um, and we we actually have a Google phone number as well. Since we are all volunteers in this organization, so we don't actually have like an office like that staff would hang out yeah. in and work in. Like we just show up after work and on weekends when we can do those type of things. Um, so yeah, we have, if you type in lacrosse JCs into the Google, the, the Google search form, that'll bring us up. We also are JCI lacrosse on Facebook. You can hit us up on there. Um, so you could, you could message us on there. You could shoot us an email. Um, on our website, our phone number is actually on there too, and I do not know our phone number off the top of my no, head. <laughs> Otherwise, fine. I would tell you. That's fine. I'm looking at it right now. It's lacrossejcs, J A Y C E E S dot O R G, if you want to help out. If you know somebody or, you know, there's a realtor out there that's like, yeah, you know what? I could help out. I feel like the, I, I have a lot of friends that are kind of in that, you know. I'll, I'm going to ask him too. I'm going to ask him if he knows, uh, he, he might even have something for you. So, um, Lindsay, I really appreciate you, what you're doing and um, coming on with me and telling us about Toys for Tots and everything else that you're doing. Appreciate it and uh, good luck. Well, we'll like, keep us updated. You know, if you if you uh, you know want to put this out again, if it's getting closer to that spring deadline where you guys are going to get not kicked out, but like you're going to lose uh, your your storage area. Um, sure, we'll we'll hit you up again. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Rick. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be back in a minute. All right, that's going to wrap it up for a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Thanks again to William Garcia, the Lacrosse County Democratic Party chair and the third congressional district Democratic Party chair. Two jobs. It's a mouthful, William. Just we got to come up with an acronym. And thanks again to Lindsey Langer from the JCs, the Junior Chamber International Lacrosse. Uh, they need help. So if you didn't hear that, uh, they they, uh, they run the Toys for Tots program. They need a place to store all the toys that get donated to give to children on Christmas. Um, they can pay some for rent, but they're they're going to lose their building next spring. So they're trying to get ahead of the game here. So if anybody knows anybody or if you are somebody that can help, reach out to the JC's Lacrosse, Lindsey Langer. I think go to their Facebook page or um, go to their website and and you know just go to the Contact Us page. I figured it out, so I think you could figure it out too. 
uh, Lacrosse County Board meets here in a couple of minutes. Not here technically, but uh, in the you know county administration building. Um, some of the things that's on the agenda for tonight: five hundred thousand dollars in a child care grant program. Um, an update to the ATV ordinance. I think they want to, in certain areas in the county, be able to ride ATVs on the road. If I'm not mistaken, it's kind of interesting. Uh, they're also going to accept one hundred and forty-four thousand dollars in state funding for housing child welfare engaged families. So that's pretty interesting as well. And then there's a $10,000 request to harvest aquatic vegetation in Lake on Alaska, a $10,000 request there. So uh, a couple of things happening in the lacrosse County board meeting tonight. And next Tuesday, I will go over some of that stuff with the County administrator, Jane Claycamp next week, Tuesday on lacrosse talk PM. And uh, I'll be here in the morning. I say that like it's not Lacrosse Talk PM. I'll say that because I'm thinking ahead now. I got to be here in the morning to do uh, my Kaza show, Lacrosse Talk AM. Not really AM. They don't call it AM. But um, anyway, that's all the time I have. I, I will say uh, there is another story. Uh, any Minnesota residents, you will be getting a tax rebate check between 260 and $1,300. Coming, it won't come in the mail, or it might come in the mail, depending on. But it might just show up in your bank account if that's how you did your taxes. So, two hundred sixty bucks for singles and uh, up to thirteen hundred for families. Thanks everybody for listening.